I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, are we good to go, Saj? Give me, give me a minute. Fuck me. Right, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Good to go. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to another of our Middle of the Grid podcasts as we preview the uh, Portuguese Grand Prix in Portimao as Max and Lewis appear to go head-to-head for the third race in a row. And as per usual, myself, Kian, is joined by Brad and Saj. Gentlemen, how are we? Not oh, I'm good, how are you? Tired. Mood. <laughs> <laughs> we'll jump straight in with it then. Two races down. In um, where have we race? Bahrain and Imola. That's right, isn't it? Indeed. What 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 have we got to expect from from this weekend and in Portugal? Um, well, I'll be honest with you. Apart from Lewis and Max, someone's keeping eyes. Probably Lando Norris. He's currently third in the championship. He got third in Bar no fourth in Bahrain, third at Imola. Um, so he's he's holding quite a good spot for that McLaren. Um. But after how he did at Portimao last year, it, it's going to be one where he wants to improve. Yeah, I can agree with uh, Brad here. Um, I've got. Um, I'm expecting a lot of fighting in the midfield, uh, especially with uh, Gasly in the Alpha Tauri. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, last year when we went to uh, Portimao, uh, I don't know. It was a interesting. Uh, race kind of say I mean the track is a quite a challenging one because it's um, quite tough on the drivers uh, I think the drivers end up hitting about uh, six G's of force around some of the corners uh, going quite fast as well so uh, mm-hmm. and the change of elevation as well uh, makes it like really tr- uh, tricky because some of the corners that um, around the post him out are literally blind corners where the drivers are like going uphill then they have to turn in without knowing where the corner is expecting to hit the apex correctly and whatnot so uh, last year was that like i said it was uh, an interesting uh, year to be able to just see how they handled it but uh yeah um i just can't wait to get into it really especially since it's the triple headers this weekend well the, uh, from this week so Okay, you, so you talked about a difficulty. Well, I look forward to every race, but not for the just for the drama of it. I think rather than anything else, I want a crash on the first lap, um, something to go wrong in the pit stops, um, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But um, you talked about the difficulty of the track, the gradient, isn't it? There's so there's so kind of many elevation changes and stuff like that. Quarter mile, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, like some of the corners where the drive, like where. Uh, some of the turns, I think, uh, like the second to last turn, I believe it is. It's completely it's, blind, isn't it? It's completely blind, yeah. Like, literally, uh, they just turn in, expect... Uh, so, it's turn 13, which is, like, near enough, like, a 180-degree uh, turn. So, it's pretty much, literally, the driver's going up and, uh, like, sort of dips down as soon as they get to the corner. And they just don't know like where the apex is, so they just basically just guess where they're turning, and uh, it just works out. So, go on, Brad. No, go on. I was all I was saying is I think it's a bit more calculated than than guessing where they're turning in. <laughs> Imagine just a guessing game. Be good though, wouldn't yeah. it? 
Yeah. Screwed all like the track, the, the track restrictions and stuff like that. Just let the drivers do what they want because it's a guessing game. <laughs> I just have um, Lewis do it. Would you say then? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, would you say then that because of all those elevation changes and the blind corners and stuff like that, this is maybe one of the hardest tracks on the calendar this year? I, I reckon so. Because not only just because of the um, fact that it's constantly changing in elevation, it's also quite like some of the corners are quite fast. And the drivers are hitting, like, as I said, about six Gs of force. And, you know, six times their body weight is bit too much especially on their necks so uh it's, it's an absolute killer for the drivers from what i understand anyways yeah um i also think so i think i remember portomaro from testing have they tested there before a season years ago like braun gp days 2009 i feel like they may have done yeah i i feel like i've i've seen it for f1 testing there before and a lot of the junior series use Portimao as well. So a fair good number of the drivers do have quite a bit of experience around this track. So the fact it's difficult does sort of get balanced out by the amount of laps they will have done. Yeah, and uh, let's not forget, it's uh, 66 uh, laps um, around, uh, well, on race day, so... I think they've just added. Yeah. They've, I'm thinking they've just added a second DRS zone here as well. Uh, uh, last year it was just the main straight, wasn't it? Because I feel uh, like I've read something. They added one going into the head. It wasn't. So the DRS det- uh, detection zone is at the exit of turn three last year, um, and the DRS zone is at as uh, the exit turn four. It's uh, so a little straight. Uh, ends just before turn five, but um, the, well, there was two detection zones last year. So as I said, uh, detection well the DRS area after turn four, and then the second one was at um, at a long uh, right hander of turn fifteen, so the last corner, and to the uh, start finish uh, straight. Yeah. So that detection zone going into. The last corner. I swear it's already like a little bit into the corner. I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, no, yeah it's like I, at the start of the, like just as you start turning, isn't it? Yeah, surely. I don't know because that's a long, fast corner. There's going to be a lot of wash, so cars will probably drop off the back going into there. I would have put a bit well, earlier. The that's me, the, the but it's not my job either. On the, um, until they get on to the um, start finish. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they're following closely because of the wake, they're going to drop oh, back going yeah. into that last corner. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right, then. So, moving away from the track itself, and I don't know, Max, uh, not Max, Brad, you had a lot to say on, on Verstappen a minute ago when we were in our group chat. So, we'll get onto your rant on him in a minute. But how important or how big do you think is the race between Max and Lewis going to be this weekend, if there is one at all? between them two? Um, I think it's really important because uh, the way the championship is at the moment, there's one point between them going into this round. Uh, Hamilton's on 44, Verstappen's on 43. And then they've got a pretty clear gap to Norris. So it's, 
I don't want to say it, but it's looking towards a two-horse race at this stage and a fairly close one. The only thing is Verstappen's got all of Red Bull behind him because uh, that's how that team works. So we'll see. But he's only got 11 wins currently and Lewis has got, I think, probably just as many as the rest of the grid combined or pretty probably close. More. Oh, no. Alonso's in now. He's got quite a few from back in the day. Uh, about 30-something Alonso has. All oh, right, yeah. No, so, so, so it'd be in, it, yeah. it's close. Yeah. But Verstappen is he's a good driver, but I think this track will sort the red will uh will suit the Red Bull a lot more. Um just because of how technical it is and a lot less power dependent with the exits of the corners being uh quite a lot of the time on the major parts of the elevation changes. Just a quick question. Uh, I can't remember who won last year. Do you guys remember who won it? Was it? Uh, no, it was Lewis, wasn't it? Cause, uh, yeah, I think it was Lewis. That, uh... Lewis won everything last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, I just remembered it was because he uh, equaled Schumacher's record, was it? On, uh, no, the... didn't he, did he equal it? At, I thought he equaled it at Istanbul. Did he break it at Istanbul? No, so uh, Istanbul, he broke it. And then I think I'm pretty sure he equaled it in Portimao. Uh, yeah, probably, I think they were right next to each other in, in the in the season. Um, All right, so moving away from the front two. Oh, go on, Brad. No, I was just going to say what you said about Istanbul. Completely unrelated, but Canada's been cancelled, hasn't it? Indeed. Yeah. yeah. For Istanbul. What? So, which isn't surprising, sad. and it and it won't surprise me if. Um, well, I was going to say the, the one of the circuit, the Americas, is replaced, but America's vaccine program is flying at the minute, so maybe not. Um, mm. But yeah, that's a bit of a shame. I, I quite like the one, one in Montreal because of how I just how it. quick it is. It's just pure speed throughout the end. You don't have to break for near the bends, I don't think. Um, <laughs> but it's just pure speed and adrenaline from from start to finish. Yeah, it's good racing there as well. So you mentioned there, what is it like in Istanbul being back on the grid? Is that a good thing for being back on the calendar? Is that a good thing for the season? I love Istanbul personally. So, uh, yeah, but I'm not. I'm I'm upset to see Gilles Villeneuve go. Uh, I love Canada. I think most F1 fans do, but it would be good for a change. I still have nightmares about yeah. um, when uh, Sebastian had to go off onto the grass and uh, rejoin the track and he had a getting penalised and ended up losing his first place. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm only upset about Istanbul is that um, it's not going to be on the Formula 1 game this year um, oh, because there's yeah. too short amount of time for them to be able to get it on the game for the start of the game at least. Um, but Code, I think it's Codemaster due to Gamma and they said, or I've seen that they've said that the season will have the game will have all of the races that were pending for the, the start of the season the original races so we'll have things like Imola Portimao um, Jeddah to down in Saudi Arabia and stuff like that they'll all be on the game but if you want to play East, Istanbul you've got to go back to like the 2011 version of the game or something like that yeah um, I'm not too fussed to be honest I don't play F1 uh, 2020 all that much I played it a lot at the start when it first came out, but 
especially since now I've got a, a PC I can use. I'm, I'm not playing F1 all that much. Playing Assetto Corsa Competizione uh, and all yeah. that. But, you two don't have to play F1 because you guys can play racing cards in real life in your karting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but with <laughs> Codemasters being bought by EA, they might bring Istanbul in as a paid track. Five ninety nine by now. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, let's move away from the game because we're not here to, to, to talk about the game. What else is there, Ben, about Portsmouth that we should be looking out for, excited for this weekend? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Right. Great. I'm Sarge. expecting a um, spin. Or at least a crash from Mazepin at some point in the weekend. I'm, I'm, just, making my, I'm just making my predictions now, right? That's my bet. Even though I'm not allowed to bet, I'm just saying that it's, it's, it's highly to ha- like uh, It's highly like it's highlight. I, I can't even talk anymore, man. Highly likely to happen that it'll spin. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> there we go. Got there. Got, got idea. It wouldn't surprise me, but we've spoken about I've spoken about Mazepin to a lot of people, and he'll get there eventually, won't he? I suppose, but it's just going to take some time. But we all know that Formula One is such a ferocious sport that if by the middle of the season he's not got it and has started really, I was going to say putting results, but you know, there's a potential of him just being dropped and, and someone else coming in, which I doubt because of the money. But in theory, that is what Formula One is like. Yeah, I was going to say, pay driver, isn't he? He's not, he's not going to lose that seat. At least for this season. Or next, I don't think. Or next, yeah, because they've brought them in for next season, haven't they? They've openly said that this season's a throwaway for Haas. Yep. But, uh, I mean, look at other drivers. Like, he, I'm, I'm just gen- like being genuine. Like He's got no talent. He hasn't shown anything. He's just All he did was complain about the tyres being... Oh my. He, he was doing a Lewis, but 10 times worse. Literally. Yeah. I'd I mean, say he's, I mean, got, he's, he's got talent. He's made it further yeah. than I did, so I'm not going to comment yeah, on it. <laughs> you, don't, you don't race in Formula 1 without having talent, and he has won things in the past. He's just, now, I suppose, is he's been... I mean, I shouldn't really stick up for him because of I don't, I'm not a big fan, but you get what, like, he has, he's clearly got the talent to be in Formula 1 because his money has got him so far, but he's still got to have the talent. It's the same with Lance, isn't it, that his money has got him there, but he still has to have the talent to be in that team and to be racing week in, week out. No? Not to me, no. Like, Lance was a, a small case. But the thing is, right, so with the problem I have with Mazepin is the fact that during his uh, Formula 2 career, um, he was such a dangerous, foolish driver. Genuinely. I mean, still, yeah, still is. But that's why I hate him. Like, yeah, I mean, last year before, like, I think it was like um, Bahrain, was it? Uh, he ended up pushing one of the drivers uh, off the track, um, and he ended up getting penalties and whatnot. And they ended up just arguing with the drivers. He also, uh, was, yep, that's the one I was about to bring that up. Yeah, he was fighting. Cal- Kalamailot, and then uh, ended up uh, pushing Kalamailot uh, onto the barriers or something like that. And then um, uh, Mazepin got out of the car and uh, just punched uh, Ilot in the face. Like, there's no respect. He has no sportsmanship to any of the other drivers. All he cares about is about himself. 
and not about the safety of all the drivers or anything like that. You've described most F1 drivers there. Well done. I like that. Only care about themselves. <laughs> Debatable, because... So yeah. some, I mean, everyone has a bit of selfishness in themselves, but like Mazepin is just like all he does is just stick up to himself, no one else. Like he doesn't care about other drivers, like safety or anything like that. He just. Do you think Haas went um, right? Mazepin, I lot between you two for the seat and the racing. Right, I lot, you got this. Mazepin, you've got the money. So we'll sort this out in boxing. Maybe that's how they sorted the seat. <laughs> But actually, talking about Callum, um, he has become the Alfa Romeo's uh, reserve driver for this weekend. Um, so he'll be uh, out on track on Friday, uh, testing the Alfa Romeo uh, along with uh, Robert Kubica. So hmm. that was good news because I actually love Callum. Um, he's so talented. Just a shame that uh, he didn't make it because uh, he was so close to winning uh, the Formula Two Championship. Um, yeah. He was fighting against uh, Mick, but uh, he's got a bit unlucky with uh, quite a few reliability issues and all that. But we're not here to talk about Formula 2. We're here to talk about Porsche Mao. So uh, yeah. I'll hand it to you guys because I've talked too much now. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say about drivers that we were saying we need to look out for. I think for Ricardo and Perez, it's quite a big weekend for both of them. Uh both of them are a good few places behind their teammates in the standing. And they are both with new teams, yes, but they're established drivers that have been in the grid for a long time. So you'd expect them to get on the pace a bit faster. That's just me. Um, Hasn't but, yeah. been in Formula 1 for about 11 years or something like that? Oh, ages. Yeah, 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 ages. Ricardo joined with... Um, uh, what they could? Oh no, that's someone else I'm thinking of. Why did I have Honda in my head? That might have been Button. Yeah. Nah, but he was with a team. Then he went to Red Bull for quite a few years, uh, just after. Who are you talking about, Sergio? Nah, yeah, Ricardo. Ricardo. He was at Toro Rosso. I thought he was, but I just can't remember him in a Toro Rosso. Like, I feel like he debuted uh, with a different team. Before he actually joined Torosso as well. Oh, we go. Let's Google quick. Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm not going to edit this episode either, so everyone can literally just deal with whatever we talk about. <laughs> and I know that there's a few people yeah. going to be probably tearing me to shreds on that. Alan, who I work with at a football club, um, will almost definitely pull me to shreds. Um, <laughs> yeah, Torosso in 2012. Um, 2014, he moved up to Red Bull with Mark Webber. Oh, no, replacing Mark Webber for Vettel. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then he had the move to Renault, right. now at McLaren. So, yeah, he's, he's got around. Yeah. Wow, look at that. And Sergio Perez, he started with uh, McLaren, I want to say. No, Perez started at Sauber and then moved to McLaren. McLaren, that's And then to Force India. So, Ricardo, who literally got thrown under the bus by Red Bull. Oh, wait a minute. No. So, Ricardo actually uh, debuted for HRT in 2011. That was it. Yeah. Okay, I, that so he, he, re- time seat. he replaced 
uh, Kartienkin for all the remaining races of the 2011 season midway through, except the Indian Grand Prix, and that was to allow uh, Kartienkin to race at his home Grand Prix in India. Uh, Ricardo made his Grand Prix debut at the 2011 British Grand Prix at Silverstone, which I think I was at. So I think I actually saw Daniel Ricciardo make his Formula One debut. I'll have to clarify my dad later, but I think that was the weekend that I was telling you about the other day when I stayed at my granddad's mates and I ended up chatting to Charlie Whiting for a whole evening about gearboxes. <laughs> nice. What are your predictions, lads, for the weekend? As in finishing positions? Anything, anything. Okay, so do the top three for qualifying and then top three on, on race day. Yeah, who wants to start? I'll start. Um, it's going to be Hamilton, Max, and I'm... Oh, um, I've got two names in my head. I'm going to say Bottas. Is it by any chance? Was the I'm other one Leclerc? No. Oh. No, now you've added a third name to my head. Oh, God. So, then the race... Um, it's going to be Hamilton or Max in first and second. I'm not going to even try and hedge a bet on who is going to win because I have genuinely no idea. Um, and then third, again, I've got I've got four names in my head now. Oh, that's a tough one. I've got Norris, Bottas, Leclerc and Perez. I don't think Bottas will be up there. I don't think Perez will either. Oh, I'll stick... Ah... Oh. Leclerc, yeah. <laughs> Go on, I'll stick stick Charles Leclerc. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, my, my race prediction is I'm gonna go Hamilton first for Stappen and then Bottas uh for qualifying and then race day I'm gonna go Hamilton, Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, Bottas, Sergio Perez. Then I don't care who else comes where. <laughs> uh, I don't know, because I really like uh, Lando, and he's fast, but he's not a qualifier. So I wouldn't have him in the top three of qualifying. In the race, I reckon he could make his way up there, but not for qualifying. I'm going to stick... Oh, so obviously the first two are going to be Hamilton, Verstappen. But We're I, so predictable. I think we all know this. Pardon? We're so predictable. Yeah. I feel well, like Saz it's not just, us, it's F1. Saz should fully just go. I think George Russell's going to get on pole this weekend just for the fun of it. <laughs> it's a massive, it's a massive pin Schumacher one, two. Bottas allows to have uh, tested positive for COVID 19. George, yeah. George Russell to replace him. Oh my god, oh, that's not happening. Verstappen oh. tested positive for looking like a toe. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that because you said that earlier. And I, oh no! Hear me out. He doesn't look like a normal toe. A normal toe's like you know those really muscly bald guys. <laughs> he looks like a hairy toe with his attempt at a beard. Sometimes. <laughs> Oh. Uh, but third place, uh, oh, for me, it's between Perez and Leclerc. Perez qualifies well. 
Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to regain consciousness from your um, Verstappen looks like a toe comment. I wasn't prepared for it because he said it earlier. Just He said it in our group chat earlier, um, but I wasn't ready for it to come out in, in the recording. <laughs> we did say that we, we're going to try and squeeze as much uh, hate from him as possible so that he can be relaxed later on. <laughs> mm. oh my god pretty much oh my days I did not expect that I just lost focus now as well because... <laughs> right go on Brad um, so your top three for qualifying was who it was Hamilton the toe and um, Perez <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much hashtag blessed leads toe into the first corner followed by fucking Mr. Narcos. <laughs> right. And what about your top three for, for the race itself? For the race? Um, yeah. I reckon Lando's going to squeeze his way up, possibly into third. Okay. Or um, I reckon Leclerc could get up there as well. And your top two are? My top two? Yeah. Uh, Hamilton, Verstappen, yeah. Less than toe. Got it up. Yeah. <laughs> go, on, go on, Saj. Your um, oh God. predictions Maurice. for qualifying on, on Saturday and okay. race day on Sunday. So I'm going to go opposite with um, what uh, Brad said about uh, Lando in qualifying because uh, in uh, Imola, he uh, had his uh, lap time deleted and he qualified technically second. So, however, he got his lap time deleted. Yes, I'm aware. I'm aware. I technically got second. However, I got six places of penalties. <laughs> you don't count my second, though, do you? No, but you did send two people off. Well, collided with them. I I won at Buckmore. I got a penalty for contact when I led from start to finish. You you say I got what like third in that. You don't count that as a win, do you? So, so it's a podium. He, still counts. To if he gets a track deleted, a lap deleted, he gets a lap deleted. It's all part of racing. Should have said that about Lewis uh, when he went off uh, the track in Bahrain twenty-nine times, twenty-eight times. But... That was allowed. They said that was allowed. But then Max done it once, and well, Mister Toe done it once, and uh, uh, they're like, "Nah, give it back." Well, no, Max didn't do it once. Max he did it so midway through the race, didn't they? Oh, Hallner or whoever was in charge of Max got on the radio and said, Lewis is doing it, you should do it too. And then when Max did it and gained an advantage, that's when they said, okay, naughty Max, give the place back. And that's and that actually, and I know people will disagree with that, but I think that is okay. That if, you know, they said that if, as long as you're not gaining an advantage, then... You know, you can do basically do what you want, which maybe isn't the best way of doing it. But as soon as Max used that to get the advantage to overtake Lewis, which he did, didn't he? Um, then that's when they smacked him on the wrist. And I think they dealt with it okay, but I think they needed maybe a bit that. more clarification on the rule yeah. itself. George, did I don't think you really need clarification to be fair. If you're on your own and you go out wide, if you're gaining time, you're gaining an advantage. If you manage to hold a place by running out wide that you wouldn't have held before, or if you overtake someone, 
you're gaining an advantage. So I, I think it's quite clear set. It's just obviously people are going to defend who they support. If it happened to Hamilton, I'd be like, what the hell are they doing? But hmm. <laughs> that's just how it is, isn't it? That's because you don't like the toe. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> the toe. I'll get that straight. I don't dislike the toe. I dislike Red Bull's one-man team approach. Shall I read a a direct quote of what you said in our group chat about an hour ago? Go for it. Uh, Love how Max only has 11 wins, but 90% of the grid have their their tongue up his ass like he's a love child (laughs) of some orgy with Hamilton, Senna and Schumacher. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. podcast you know we started this podcast and i wanted it to be the most professional thing i've ever done but we started this now we're mentioning orgies a lot and actually to be fair brad then go to clarify i do like max i just hate the drivers that received the red bull bias and he's like that kid at school who would be all right in pe <laughs> and you could get you could absolutely level him in rugby and your teacher would say well done to them for taking the hit <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which is the perfect way, maybe, to, I genuinely think that might be the perfect way to describe I mean, yeah, to be fair, is, uh, oh, hello, my housemate's calling, Aiden. It, it's a team sport. It's meant to be two drivers, equal. It's not, well, they don't state it has to be equal, but come on, like, at least a lot more equal than what Red Bull are. Yes. Yeah. See, most of the teams are, I think are very biased. Like Lewis Mercedes yeah. is very much Hamilton Formula One team. Um, oh, Hamilton has lost out because of how they've kept it equal before. Yeah, but the but vast so majority of time it is very much Hamilton focus, isn't it? Uh, it seems like that because the the car in the lead almost always has choice on pit. So Hamilton's always going to get the better pick because he's always ahead of Bottas. Okay, then. So in the past, I know what you're going to bring up. What am I going to bring up? Are you going to bring up um, where they pit uh, Bottas? No, I was going to talk about. I was going to move on to a different team. Oh, okay. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> um, I was going to say um, Ferrari last the last few years is very much Charles Leclerc Formula One team. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Red Bull has always been Sebastian Vettel or Max Verstappen. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, um, maybe I'd take that as Sebastian Vettel thing because I quite enjoyed the Weber Vettel thing going on there. That was quite good. Um, Aston Martin and Racing Point and Force India or whatever. Lance Stroll focused. I don't know. Oh um, no, actually, no. Yeah, maybe you're right. Not this year. No, but in the past. In the past, definitely, but it's what you expect. Um, who else is there? So, the Hasses before, yeah, they've been very, very equal. I say with uh, with Roman and, and Kevin last season, and that seems to be quite. Again, I say they've been fairly equal between their drivers yeah, the last yeah. few years. Renault, Renault, because I feel like Renault uh, has always given Daniel the advantage. You know, so I think you don't what... hear about Stefan. What we've proved here is that the most of the grid are actually made up of basically one driver teams. Yep. But Red Bull do take it too far. Yes. Yeah. Okay, then. So we've been doing this. I don't know how even how long we've been chatting for. Um, uh, we haven't really done much on Portimao, but 
Oh, actually, no, we did a fair bit in me at the beginning. We did about 30 seconds. So I think that, that class is this as a Portimao preview. Is there anything else that is worth discussing ahead of this weekend's third Grand Prix of the season in Portugal? I never finished my race predictions. Anything? Did Sad just say he hadn't finished his race prediction? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, Sad, do you want to do your race prediction? Yes, please, yeah. That's all we've got time for. Um, <laughs> go on. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. Did you do your qualifying? Um, qualifying. So, I reckon blessed toe uh, Bottas, you know. The, the usual triple, I reckon. Bottas going to be finishing up that top three. Ice, fake ice man. There you go. Oh, come on. I thought my finishing joke was quite good. Finish. Finishing. <laughs> my God, that's gone. Oh, God. I just, yeah, I just heard what you said. I've completely missed <laughs> the first oh, part. God. It's bad. It's bad when you basically have to explain the joke. No, I got it. It took me a, a, a second to get it, but. Right. Um. So, yeah. And then do you want to do your, your top three as well? <laughs> my top three for the race. Um. Blessed. Toe, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna go wild actually, right? I reckon Daniel Ricciardo. Interesting. So, right. Have you seen this? Um, oh. The weather. Oh. They're predicting no. hot, but Friday and Saturday there's chances that it could turn. Rain! So they're saying hot. Nah, not not rain, but like a really cold track, which will just make it slide. See, on my, I've I've got on to rains twenty percent. Oh yeah, that's what it is. Wouldn't mind being in Portugal at the minute. Um, finally, <laughs> then actually, because it's pretty much, I think it's been confirmed this week, isn't it? There's going to be three races with the sprint qualifying um, thingy majig uh, this season. They're predicted to be Monza. Silverstone, and then the third one, who knows where it's going to be. Um, I'd assume it'd be somewhere that's quick and pacey. So it actually wouldn't surprise me if it was someone like Jeddah. Uh, hmm. But yeah. what, what do we what do we think on the idea of the sprint qualifying because and, and that kind of that sprint race for the so how's it going to work? So it's going to be a practice session on Friday, qualifying for the sprint race on the Friday. Then I think there'll be a practice session on Saturday morning, followed by the sprint race, which will be 100 kilometres or something like that, won't it? Um, so about 30 laps. We'll only require... We won't require any pit stops. And then the winners of the of the, the, the final standings in the sprint race will be what consists of the starting lineup or the starting grid for Sunday's race. That's right, isn't it? Uh, no, so... Uh... Oh, Oh, actually, no, I tell you, I know you are right, yeah. I yeah. am right, thank you. Yeah. So what do we think that sprint racing is going to bring to Formula 1 this season? I don't have much expectations for the sprint races. Uh, because in Formula 2, how they do their sprint races is that uh, the top eight that finish in the uh, their sprint race, they reverse the grid, and that's, your, that's the grid for the feature race on the Sunday. And I do like that because it adds a bit of like competition because everyone in the like in the field uh, can basically win. Formula One because it's not really a 
spec series. It's not a spec series, let's be honest. Um, I, I, I what do you mean know. it's not? Let's be honest. It couldn't be further it from is, it, mate. It's not even a spec series at all. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> um, but, but it's just, I don't know. It's going to be weird. It's going to definitely cause a lot of reliability because the teams will have to use well, we'll be basically just wearing out the components. Someone, someone tweeted it the other day, and I, this was I fully agree with it. Can't remember who it's from, but I think it was somebody who works for that WTF one or, or WTF one or whatever they're called. Yep. Um, and he said he is. I think it was someone like he's excited for it, but he feels like it will ruin the drama and overall excitement of a Formula One race weekend because you spend all weekend building up to qualifying. But the whole weekend is in theory is, is built up for the anticipation, the excitement of the moment the lights go out on Sunday at three o'clock and the race is underway. You stick two races on one race weekend. I feel like the excitement, the anticipation that you know that, that builds up, you know, for that Sunday afternoon completely vanishes. I don't think people yeah. will be as excited for the Sunday race, which is the spectacle, it is the 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 moment that everyone goes to the weekend as they would be if there was no none of that sprint race. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I never really thought about it like that, to be honest. But now you've said it, yeah, that's so true. Even thinking about like when I've grown up racing, just the the pressure you feel going into that race compared to the whole weekend. You're like, right, I've had a good weekend. It, it's all now down to this. Whereas, yeah, now you've said about it with the sprint series, it's and I'm I'm all I'm all for giving it a trial mm-hmm. because I think that's perfectly good idea see what people think of it see how it works if it works i'm more than happy to give it a few races every season but i wouldn't want it taking out taking place of a qualifier i also think that like two of the races they're doing it out of the two of the most historic grand prix if two of the most they are maybe the two most iconic and historic grand prix this year that are monza and silverstone and I, do I feel like it will ruin the magic of those two race weekends and magic for completely different reasons? Or do I feel like it will, it will ruin the magic and enjoyment of, the, of those weekends and those sporting spectacles? Yes, probably I do. Yeah. I'm just having a look now. I think the third race is at Monaco, you know. Is it? Nah, surely not. That's just, yeah, no, so it would be Monaco. The whole thing of Monaco it? is qualifying. That's what Monaco's for. Yeah, it's so, can't be, it's based not on rumors, Monaco. it is rumored to be uh, Monaco. Oh, right, anyways. So, and these guys are quite reliable. So, everything they, they've like released, uh, rumors wise, uh, has been like pretty much set stone by F1. Oh, so I've read here on the BBC that it was, it's pretty much set in stone to be Silverstone and Monza. And then the other one was expected to be Brazil. But this is yet to be confirmed because there is interest from other circuits and also because there is a doubt whether the race can go ahead due to the high rate of COVID-19 infections across the country. Yeah. Well, there we go. We'll find out anyway, but that's just my thoughts. I just think it will ruin the drama, the excitement, the anticipation building up to that crescendo, I suppose, of, of a race day. Um. The good news is that this weekend, Portimao has normal qualifying. Woohoo! Um, so, normal service this weekend, and I'm dreading Silverstone and Monza because of the sprint races. About those sprint races, 
it's going to affect different teams massively. Are they doing the flipping the grid, or is it no, where you finish? It's, it's just, no, whatever you uh, whatever you finish. In so sprint, in theory, let's let's be honest here. The qualifying on a Friday night or a Friday afternoon is going to be as any qualifying is on a Saturday. So yeah. you're going to have the Red Bulls, the Ferraris, the McLarens, well, the McLarens, the Red Bulls, and the Mercedes, the front six in theory, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the grid kind of works itself out. But is there going to be much change in a thirty lap race? With no pit stops, oh, I don't no actually, pit stops. They, I think the idea is there's not meant to be any pit stops. Yeah, that makes sense. So then I sit there and I'm like, actually, there's going to be no kind of you know like like the Hamilton thing at Bahrain, which was like the drama of that race was so on point. Like I've said to you guys, like my granddad stayed up and watched it all with me, and he said I'll be I'll be asleep in 15 minutes, and he stayed up and watched the whole like two hour race. But that was incredible because of the undercut that the tactics that the Mercedes team employed, the undercut and stuff like that. But that's just that will vanish, and stuff like that. And I just is it going actually going to make much change? No, they should have delayed it for a year for the new race. They have been. That's the thing. They've been delaying it for years. And then just delay it for another year. What's one more when you've done however many? Uh, we'd like to contact... Um, yeah, yeah, Liberty. I'll drop them a text, innit? <laughs> We're already uh, contacting them about a future episode which should be released at some, time, at some point soon. So oh, so this is how the re- if sprint races, this is how the weekend will change. Friday morning practice will run as normal, while the usual Saturday afternoon qualifying session will be held on a Friday instead. Park Fermé, the point at which teams can no longer make changes to their cars, will be introduced from the start of the Friday qualifying session. The reason for this is to prevent teams building cars specifically for qualifying, which would increase costs and stuff like that, as per usual. Tyre use will be restricted across the weekend compared to a normal Grand Prix weekend, with a complicated set of rules aimed at increasing the jeopardy for teams. In first practice, teams can only use two of the three types of tyre compounds available to them. And qualifying will be run on only the soft compound, which each team will get five sets over the race weekend. One set of tyres only for second practice on a Saturday morning of the team's choice. Two sets of tyres with a sprint qualifying race of the team's choice and drivers will not be required to make a pit stop. That leaves only two remaining sets of tyres for each team for the actual Grand Prix on the Sunday. And there is free choice in terms of the compound for the start of the race. Right. Thank you, BBC Sport. Free choice for everyone? At the start of the race, yeah. So on a Sunday, if you're on pole, you'll be able to pick whatever tyre you want. Not the one you qualified yeah, in or whatever nah. the rule is at the minute. Not a fan. But that is a discussion for another day, and I'm sure we'll do sprint races when they come round at Silverstone right. and, and Monza later this season. But I don't think we've got anything left to discuss, have we? Uh, I've got one more thing. Oh, go on, Brad. Go on, mate. Uh, I've got the odds for everyone. So the odds for pole position, uh, it's Verstappen at 1.85, Hamilton 2.65, and Bottas at eight. So that's their top three, followed by Perez in fourth, and then Leclerc and Norris are joint fifth. And then for the race... uh, Verstappen and Hamilton are joint on 2.25. And then Valtteri and Sergio Perez are joint on nine. 
Um, so. Final question, actually, before we finish off then, and now Brad has given the um, odds for race day. Um, <laughs> um, George Russell last year got out of Q, got into Q2 at this race, I think. Will he be able to do the same in the Williams, which I believe is actually not the slowest car on the grid anymore? I actually, yeah, reckon, yeah he, I reckon he, does, he will be able to. I reckon even Latifi, I mean, he managed it last weekend, didn't he? So I don't think they'll do it, but it's not the worst car on the grid. Yeah. No. Uh, just one more thing before we end the episode. Um, so F1 uh, is has been nominated for an award at the BAFTAs. What right, so there's smart. a lot of there's a lot of actually now you've said this there's a lot of drama over this. So people are thinking it's for the entertainment value of, and people say it's entertainment of the Grosjean crash. It's purely not. I've read into it. I my understanding is that the award nomination itself is for the team at Formula One or Sky or whoever it's nominated for been for their coverage of that crash and how the from like the camera operators and stuff like that managed to coverage and provide extensive coverage of. Grosjean and stuff like that and how he was safe and all that kind of stuff that entertainment value not the entertainment of watching someone nearly burn to death hear me out there is a bit of entertainment in that right there is of course entertainment in that and we wouldn't be saying that if he had died just to clarify we're not no, sitting there no. there is there is a, of course an He's entertainment fine. value of watching fine. that car explode um, up until the well there wasn't actually at the time it exploded once Grosjean was out of the car and we knew he was okay. That's when there was a form of entertainment value. Agreed? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you can't be saying, Brad, you can't be saying if Grosjean had died in that crash and going, that had great entertainment value though, didn't it? Excitement. Excitement, yes. But that's, so yeah, the whole award is about, I, be- I believe anyway, is how the professionalism and stuff like that of the Formula One team and, and stuff like that um, dealt with the coverage of that situation. One thing I, I don't like about that is, so there was two coverages of it, weren't there? There was if you were actually watching the race and then there was the Drive to Survive one. I hated the Drive to Survive one. Yep. Because of how long they dragged it out and it's just, uh, I just don't think it shows F1 in the best way. Like they they show they they made it seem like it was trapped in that car for forever, compared to how long it actually was. And I, I get it; it was a long time and it was bad. But F like Drive to Survive was making it seem that much worse and that much unsafe. And it's also what it puts on him and his family. Like, imagine if some of his family saw that before they saw the other footage. Yeah, I get you. I'm trying to find what the award is. I can't find it anywhere. But who knows? Anyway, we'll leave it at that, I think. Unless um, one of you is going to go one last thing. <laughs> no, nah, I've done me, so that, that's, that's everything for me. Right, so we'll leave it at that. We've had a solid session here, fellas, but I've got to go do other work and um, I want to go eat because I haven't eaten today. But we will leave it there. Um, me, Brad and Sag, I'm sure we'll be back at some point over the weekend with some form of race review. Probably, I don't even know when. I doubt. When When? When do you think that will go out, fellas? 
Uh, well, to be honest, me and Brad are out on track uh, on the Saturday and the Sunday racing uh, for the university team. Uh, if you guys are interested, look up <laughs> the BUKC um, and you'll be able to watch the live stream on plug the in, Saturday. Plug in yourself. Cheer up uh, Leeds Beckett uh, University. Uh, yeah, uh, except they won't be on the stream, will they? Oh, no, actually, never mind. Uh, who will no, you just... be racing for, Brad? Come on, quickly. I'm just <laughs> going to mute, mute, Sarge. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them plugging themselves. Right. Please, no more selfless plugs. Um, but otherwise, I'll be on BT Sport on Monday afternoon, if anyone fancies it, as Concord Rangers <laughs> play in the Bill-based FA Trophy final against Harrogate Town um, from half four. So make sure you tune into that one. Um, but yeah, we'll be back some point next week, I'm sure, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday time, with a review of Portimao, what we learn, and a look ahead to, I think, Barcelona next weekend. Am I right? Yes. I think so. So, yeah, we'll be back in a week with a Portimao review, a Barcelona preview, and in a few weeks' time as well, already been recorded is the middle of the grid's ideal Formula One calendar. But from all of us, from me, Brad and Saj, that is us done for this one, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Nice.